After every situation that I've been involved in, in terms of healing, in terms of revival, in terms of ministry to a country, a situation, for instance, we, we had a wonderful ministry in Peru. God moved powerfully in Puta. Uh, uh, amazing. Cauri was built. A beautiful sanctuary with gifts from all over the, the country to build this sanctuary in Cauri. The next thing that happens is that we were told by the leaders of the conference that we're not welcome. Now think about that. After all that God's done to help the people, to build and to help the, 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 the leadership of the church in Peru, we're, we're not welcome. You understand? They're liberal people. They, they, people that see things from a different perspective. And, 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 of course, we're returning to Peru. That's not going to stop. But every move of God, there's, there's a move of Satan. And so, then Jezebel did something. And it shows now what type of woman is Jezebel. Listen to this. Send a messenger unto Elijah, saying... And here's the message that the, the man that came to Elijah, the messenger told, told Elijah... So let the gods do to me, and more also, if I make not your life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. Tomorrow about this time. So you're talking about a specific direction in the mind of Jezebel. Tomorrow, let's say on Thursday at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Now, so we have to pause. Why would uh, Jezebel wants to kill Elijah? Because she is married to Baal. And she is the power that controls Ahab. And so you have <clears throat> a mighty prophet of God. A man of unbelievable credentials. Distinguished. Powerful. Tested and tried in every situation. From Carith Ravina all the way to Zarephath, and now the, and now facing the prophets of Baal, the fire from God came from heaven, consumed the altar, and now he runs ahead of Ahab because the rain is coming, and Ahab is heading toward Jezebel, and Jezebel opens her mouth and says something. Now, so the question is. Why is it that the prophet of God responded so negatively? Because you see, she didn't send soldiers. She should have sent an army. He sent a messenger. Satan has a lot of talk. When you hear somebody that is totally out of the will of God, it's just plain talk. Nothing is decided. It's just putting fear, anxiety turmoil into your life. And you begin to be a slave of somebody's threat. You see, a threat is not really action. It's, it's just lip service. And, and Jezebel is doing lip service. Christians that serve the Lord need to learn this lesson. That when you are used by God to do something He told you to do, Satan will respond with, with terrible vengeance against him. But you have to be strong in the Lord. You have to be aggressive in your faith. You can't 
live by intimidation. You can't live by lies and innuendos that bring to nothing and cause nothing and goes to nothing. Listen to me this morning. If you are going to serve the Lord, you've got to learn that when you do something for the Lord, the devil will kick you. But you don't have to grin and run and hide. So let's take a look at next verse. And when he saw that he, that, and when he saw that, I'm reading the King James, the Expositor Study Bible. When he saw that, what does it mean, he saw that? It simply means that his eyes looked at the messenger as if the messenger had power in himself to bring harm to, to his life. So Elijah's physical flesh realm taken over. It comes to the eye. It comes to the ear. And you begin to believe that. And before too long, you are impacted by the lie. Well... I said it again, why did Jezebel not send an army after a man that's been persecuted and looked for in the whole, in the whole country? Even overseas, they look for, 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 for Elijah. And so, and, and went for his life. What do you mean went for his life? He consumed fear. You see, fear is when you do what the Lord tells you to do. The next thing you have is fear. My name is my, my reputation, my, my, my position, who I am. I've learned in my life a long time ago, if the Lord tells me to do something, I'll do it. In the early years of our ministry, I'm talking about 1970s, late 70s, middle 70s, 1980s, close to 40, 50 years ago, if God would whisper to me, Anything that's sort of a, uh, anything that sort of a came close to, uh, 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 to I hear the word of the Lord, I will do it. And I tell you, I did it. I did it. The Lord told me to go to Mississippi and to a Methodist church and be there for about three days singing. Mary Lucy and I got to Mississippi. We're supposed to stay in a house. When they found out they were from Brazil, they left to the back door and we never had anybody there. On Sunday morning, I sung and a woman began to laugh, really cubby, as I prayed the Lord's Prayer. And the Lord, her, 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 her mouth locked and she was carried by the paramedics out of the sanctuary. And I exited to the back door and came to Athens. The doctor, the pastor told me I couldn't stay there. It was a wrong invitation. Now you see, I went there in order for that woman to know the power of God. And that's how the Lord wanted to do it. I had to leave. Now that clear, clearly uh, hurts your reputation. You know, what people think about you. You want to have a very respected ministry. Oh my gosh. You want to be known as a balanced person. You want to become a bishop. When in fact there's nothing in you that God can use because you are disobedient to His voice and you are full of fear, and you act by fear. Fear controls your life to a point to where you are not able to serve the Lord, but only serve others. Listen to me. That's exactly the spirit that came upon Elijah by the dirty mouth of Jezebel. So here's a... And he left his... So he says, 
<clears throat> he went for his life and came to Beersheba, which belongs to Judah on the north, and left his servant there. He left the servant because, you see, when you are controlled by emotions that are full of fear, you hide yourself. You want to be by yourself. And so here is here's what he says. He himself went a day's journey into the wilderness. Wilderness is a spiritual position. It's a dry place. You know, the Median Desert, where Israel stayed for 40 years, it's a dry, dry place. A dry place. Nothing there. Had to hit the water, the rock to get water. And came and sat down under a Jupiter tree. Now, a Jupiter tree is a tree that gives a lot of, a lot of shade. If you research that, it has a scope of thickness in the bush that prevents the sun from hitting you. And so he found a Jupiter tree and he went to rest. And he requested for himself that he might die and said, It is enough now, O Lord, take away my life, for I'm not better than my fathers. I'm not better than my fathers. O Lord, take care of me. I'm not better. Now, what caused a prophet of God with so much closeness? Talking about in the month, month Carmel, the fire that came and consumed the sacrifice from heaven, licked the water, the wood, the sacrifice, the stones to heaven, and completely, completely, uh, amazingly blessed him with a, a visual presence of God. What makes a man like that to be afraid of anything? Well, that is exactly what I've been telling you, that after a move of God, Satan comes to kill, rob, and destroy. And if you did what the Lord told you to do, you should stand and say, Satan, you have no authority upon my life. You have no right to, to, to harm her and to humor and to speak and to suggest that there's something wrong with me, that I'm not, I, was, I, was, I was out of order. And you've got to say that. You've got to reprimand Satan because he will come. And he will make a mockery of you if you let him. And in this sense, the great prophet is sleeping under the Jupiter tree. Sleeping. He simply just lost his ability to do the work of the Lord. And now he's a victim of a statement from Jezebel. That's in verse, uh, uh, verse 4 of chapter 19. Look at uh, verse 5. And as he laid and slept under a Jupiter tree, and so the prophet goes to sleep. This idea of sleeping here is that if I sleep, I'm not going to feel the pressure, feel the pain, feel the fear. I'll go to sleep. means I, I become inept to respond to the fear that is residing in me. You see, you can't, you can't go to sleep on the Lord. God does not slumber, does not rest. And when the Holy Spirit is upon your life, you don't become a sleeper. You don't become somebody who tries to quiet down all that you have to do by sleeping. Rest, flesh in the rest. Flesh rest does not feed the Spirit. 
The right sleep is when you wake up in the morning, you're through with that, and you do what the Lord tells you to do in order to continue to serve Him. And so look, And as he laid and slept under the Egyptian tree, behold, then an angel touched him. Now, I want to tell you something. The angel that appeared to, to, to Elijah was at Mount Carmel. The angel that appeared to Elijah was with him when he ran 16 miles to, to, to Jezreel. The angel of the Lord, as he heard the messenger, was right with Elijah. And so, in other words, an angel does not appear. Daniel 7.10 says there are myriads upon myriads of angels in the presence of God. You're talking about that any single moment, what Daniel is saying is this, there are there is a hundred million angels in the sight of God to, to do His bidding for Him. Mirrors upon mirrors is a hundred million. And so there's an angel that follows me. There's an angel that's inside of my car. There's an angel that watches over me day and night. There's an angel, and I can see him, I've seen him delivering me in situations that you will not believe. I'm following a car in front of me, and the phone fell out of, out, of, out of the holder on my car to my feet. And I actually, for a moment, went down to pick it up. And when I did that, I'm about uh, five seconds to hit the guy in front of me at 65 miles an hour. And suddenly, the hand of the Lord moved that car into the passing lane. And nobody was there but me, and I was able to be protected. What caused my hands to touch? What caused my hands to move that way? An angel. In other words, God is so present. And I want to feel His presence. I want to know that He's there. Instead of running in fear every time I open my mouth. And so here, here's what happened. The angel talked to him. That's a wonderful thing. You know, I've seen angels, and I've seen what they do, but no angel. Well, I'll take it back. I, I, do, I do remember an angel that, that talked to me up there in Houston, Texas at Rice University. Uh, and I'll tell you this another time, but here we go. As he laid and slept under the Jupiter tree, behold, there an angel touched him and said unto him, Arise and eat. You know, nothing more powerful than a prophet hearing from God, get up and eat. Because eating is something that we do gladly. You know, I mean, I know people that when we talk about eating, they're ready at any time of the day. I'll eat any time of the day. Thank you, Lord. And so, <laughs> my brothers, uh, Renato and Daniel, are coming from Brazil to be with me for two weeks. And here's what uh, Daniel said. Can we have lunch, a heavy meal, and then as lunch, uh, at dinner, have lunch, just a small piece of something, and not have two meals a day? The first thing they want to know is how they're going to eat. And so I've explained to them that we have restaurants everywhere. And all we do is to go over there, sit down and order, and they eat. And there's no problem. Uh, we don't, I'm not going to cook, which could be offensive to them and hurt them deeply. They probably go back to Brazil sooner. <laughs> and so the prophet is just, oh, arise and eat from the mouth of an angel. Ooh, thank you, Jesus. There's something good coming up. And he looked, and behold, there was a cake, bacon on the coals, and a cruise of water at his head. And he did eat and drink 
and lay himself down again. Now the bread that God made, the water that came from the mouth of God, is something to behold. You're talking about the best bread, the best water, you can ever touch it. And by the way, I don't believe it was cold. It says there was a cake bacon on the coals. Ooh. <laughs> You're talking about the coals, reddish as can be, and, 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 and wheat of the Lord. On top of the coals, baking and cooking. And so it was ready to be eaten. It was cooked. Hot piece of bread. Warm piece of bread. Out of the fire. And this is the way the Lord treats His servants. I would think these are the best. You know, I, I've uh, told you again, and I keep on telling you again, that when you contribute to RBM, you're feeding the hungry, feeding the poor, that nothing of a sort comes to me directly. I do have my insurance being paid, uh, health insurance and uh, Social Security, and, and of course the car that I drive, the place that I live. But I am provided by the Lord everything that's needed. You know, I, I, I love these shirts that have the little whale back here, but uh, I, I don't know how to buy them. Well, my son gave me three of them this weekend. The son Sammy passed on and passed on these beautiful shirts. And here again, I'm ready for the summer. It's August, but I'm ready for... And <laughs> God just provides for me. And I'm so blessed of that. And he looked, and behold, there was a cake baking on the coals and a cruise of water his head. He did eat and drink and lay down him again. In other words... And the angel of the Lord came again the second time. You see, every time I hear people saying to me, Rick, I have done something terrible to the Lord, and I have sinned against Him. And, uh, and the Lord extends His grace twice to you, pointing toward the cross. That should be enough for you to accept the forgiveness of God and be engaged in ministry to others. But suddenly the pride that you have, the agony of being self-performing, creeps within you with fear. And, and, and suddenly you make the wrong decisions about leading your life and your ministry. Well, Elijah had a second chance. And he says on verse uh, 7 of chapter 19, And touched him. Now, providing... Food on the first time is what happened. The second time, a touch. So what is a touch has to do with a fearful prophet, a hiding prophet under a Jupiter tree? Oh, I tell you, I tell you, the touch of the Lord. He touched me. Yes, He touched me. Oh, when the Lord Jesus touched my soul. And oh... The joy floods my soul. Something happened, and now I know He touched me and made me 
my brother, the touch of Jesus is better than a piece of bread. The touch of Jesus is better than anything you ever experienced on this earth, including water. Including water. The second time there was no food involved, but there was a touch. And he said, Arise and eat. And so after the touch, he got more bread. After the touch, he got more water. After the touch, cold water and unbelievable bread baked on the coals of the fire made by the angel of God. Because the journey is too great for you. Now, at this particular moment, Elijah did not have an idea what the angel is talking about. Because, you see, he is so full of fear, he has no desire whatsoever to do nothing but go back to sleep. It's a journey here that is not ordained by God. This was, this was, it would be in fact a round trip of approximately 500 miles. 250, one way, 250. Where did God is about to send the prophet? It's not God's idea. It's not, it wasn't of the Lord for him to be going to Horeb. It was, it was not of God. And so, what is the lesson here? Why did he go to Horeb? Why did God, God touched him a second time and then gave him more bread. It's because the circumstances of life causes you to be at a place in your life to where you're just led without the Lord's ordination. You move without His blessing. But in this case, in order to complete His call, God came to strengthen him in order to partake of a responsibility as a prophet that is about to happen. I explain it to you. The Lord would never leave Elijah's side, number one. How many wayward trips have all of us taken in life? I know someone at this time who is one of the most gifted Bible teachers that I ever experienced in my life, hiding somewhere in a basement, Somewhere without any direction, without any door open, doing what she or he wants to do. And what the Lord wants is not attainable because, because this person is running without the blessing of God. How many trips have you taken away from God? He never left you, never forsake you. And the case, same case is here with Elijah. He is going to where he really don't want to go, but he had to. Elijah goes to Horeb. Now, Horeb is a place in the desert. If you go to Mount Sinai, my scholars say there are two peaks. One is Mount Sinai Peak, and the other one is Mount Horeb Peak. Calvin saw that way. You know, the, the leader of the Presbyterian Church Two mountains. Uh, one say that Horeb is a separate mountain. The mountain of God. Where the law was given. So the, the, the place that he is about to go is 250 miles. It's all the way to Mount, Mount Carmel, which is next to the Lake of Galilee. I mean, talking about 30, 40 minutes by bus. 
all the way down, moving directly all the way to Mount Sinai. He didn't eat and went in the strength of that meat forty days and forty nights unto the Horeb, the mountain of God. It's about 180 miles from where he was. The food prepared him by the angel was supernatural and provided supernatural strength in the middle of a great battle. My brothers, I want to share with you a a, a prayer that you be able to give to the Lord that which He requires you to do. I don't want to be in a trip that's not of the Lord. You know, if you ask me what happened to me in these days, uh, we're preparing, moving furniture, downsize the office in order to move to Atlanta, in order to have the Rekindle the Flame conference there, and reach more people for the Lord. And, uh, and so I'm in preparation for that, and the Lord has called me. But I want you to know that I'm not going without the blessing of the Lord and His meat, His bread on the hot coals, and His cup of His water. So God, I pray in the name of Jesus that my brother and my sister today be convicted of the Holy Spirit, that they're called to serve you, involved, being on time with the Lord. I pray, God, that we not succumb to fear, fear of finances, fear of failure, fear of anxiety, fear of turmoil. I ask you, God, for your hand to be upon this ministry and all of those that supported and be here in the name of Jesus. Amen. Eu quero ser